What's up, everybody? Welcome to another podcast. My name is Mario, and this is Straight Out of Islington, an Arsenal podcast, uh, an unhappy one for the last couple of uh, weeks. Um, we took a break mm -hmm. off last week, honestly, because I was sick. Uh, and also, we were just really sick about talking uh, about the same shit over and over again, just different piles with Arsenal and uh, the future of this club and what's going on. I'm pretty sure you guys are, um, you guys are pretty well... Um, you know, have a bunch of other outlets to uh, to hear and moan um, about the club. Um, but anyways, we're back, you know, same old Arsenal. Um, and to, to discuss more about uh, this uh, turmoil uh, that we're going through, as always, is Ryan. Ryan, how are you, sir? Oh, Mario, uh, you know, as good as any Arsenal fan can be, I suppose, at this point, which is... Uh to take a page out of the legendary Arsenal fan, AJ, not too good. Not too good, yes. Um, and before we uh, we start off, with, uh, obviously it's Remembrance Day or Veterans Day uh, or wherever you may be, um, we obviously support our troops and uh, we look back at um, what these people did for us in order to be here to give you this podcast. So uh, we salute you and we appreciate you. Um, but anyways, yes, going to going back um, to the uh, arsenal. Uh, of course, that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, terrible, terrible times that are going at the club. Um, Ryan, I guess we should start off with, uh, I guess, going through the highlights here. They're only about three minutes. So there's, I mean, obviously, um, this is something that I want to kind of continue going because it's nice to analyze um, the highlights. And obviously, it's not going to show the whole game, but at least it shows sort of the critical moments, obviously, the goals that Leicester scored. Um, but before we start, though, Ryan, I mean, Arsenal started off with a pretty good lineup. Um, very what basically what a lot of Arsenal fans have been wanting uh, out of you know friggin Unai Emery to have holding in the back to have Hector Bellerin even though we didn't have Kieran Tierney <laughs> he went with uh, you know our boy Kolasinac uh, and then but we still had uh, Obama Yang and Lacazette up front Ozil was starting what did you make up of the lineup um I mean, I think it's this lineup and this formation and the, the decisions that Emery went with, I think encapsulates him as a coach and him as a, as a person, uh, which is just chaotic, sporadic, um, really indecisive and indecipherable in terms of developing an identity because let, let, let's think about this here. So, uh, he goes to a back three, which he did in, in midweek for the first time all season. So clearly the back three was a against Victoria in the Europa League was a, a tryout for this match, um, which, you know, uh, if, if you're looking for any shoots of hope uh, for the Wednesday match, you got absolutely none because that was just an absolute bleak and just dire performance all around. So you have to go back to that match and say, why in the hell is Kieran Tierney starting and playing in a, it was essentially as a, a dead rubber match in the Europa league mm -hmm. when we've just paid 25 million for him um, to, you, you would assume be our first choice left back in our most important games, which are, you know, premier league matches uh, for argument's sake. Um, but instead, he plays him in the Europa League. Um, and then we continue the back three, which means uh, Kolasinac gets the start because apparently he's the greatest left wing back, um, you know, in recent memory, which, which of course, he isn't. Um, and anything that Kolasinac can do as a left wing back, uh, I think Karen Tierney can do as well with the added bonus that he's actually a competent technical footballer, whereas Kolasinac just simply isn't. So um, that that just absolutely, you know, didn't shock me because obviously when Tierney plays on Wednesday, he's, he's not going to play um, against Leicester. So, uh, mm. but still just absolutely left me just shaking my head because um, you would think again, again, you talk about Bellerin starts, okay, holding starts. Um, you got Ozil in, you got the front three, 
uh, well, not the front three, uh, excuse me, but Ozil, Lacazette, and Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. And then the big elephant in the room who's who's missing is our club record signing, Nicola Pepe. Mm-hmm. So he, and, and here's the, again, talk about emblematic of the issues at Arsenal right now. Um, what the coach of the club essentially views his highest earning player, which is Mesut Ozil, and the player that the club has spent the most money on ever in the history of the club, they, the, the, the coach views those two players as two players that can absolutely not play in the same team together no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. That's a big fucking structural <laughs> organizational problem when essentially you're, well, you're two best performers, right, in terms of money spent on and, and money paid on a weekly basis, can't get in the team together. Um, so that raises the question is, is why, why are these players at the club, first of all, if, if you have a manager who, who doesn't rate them and, and, and assumingly cannot either set up a formation or coach them into being able to be able to play on this, on the pitch together, or why is the coach still at the club when you've spent all this money on these two players and the coach refuses to play them together or play them consistently? Uh, again, Pepe starts against Vittoria. Why? Because he's not going to play in the league. So you've just spent, you've just spent 72 million pounds on a player who's going to play in a second rate, European competition, essentially. That's what the coach is saying at this point. He, he, he played him in the league to start, and now he's came out, basically said he's not, you know, essentially he's not good enough or he's not fit enough. He doesn't, you know, that's all kind of coach speak for I don't rate him enough to play him in the, in the most important games. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's where we're at. So we have a back three, um, two in midfield, uh, which, of course, we get overrun by Leicester's midfield. And then you've got... Um, a lot of the time during the match, you had Ozil kind of splitting the two wide forwards of Lacazette and Aubameyang, which, you know, again, doesn't take a genius to realize you probably want those two guys through the middle and, and getting touches in the middle of the pitch more than you want them running on the sideline and and, and playing as wide players. But that's essentially what, what happened. So uh, I, it, it's just a mess. It's a mess structurally. It's a mess tactically. It's a mess with, with you know, man management. Um, and, and this, this match, I think, bared out the, the fact that, I mean, we didn't get dominated in the sense that we were, we were putting 10 men behind the ball. So it at least had some sense of structure in terms of being able to set up defensively, which again, I think says everything about Emery's manager as well. He's going to Leicester, and just hoping, hoping for a nil-nil or maybe, maybe sneak a goal on the counterattack and and you know getting away with a victory on the road. That's just it's just a small-time mentality. It's a it's a scared mentality, and it's kind of a loser's mentality. And that's not, in my opinion, the mentality that this club should have. And it's not the mentality that fits the personnel we have, quite frankly. And that's and that's playing itself out because we're not defending well. We're not obstructing uh, opposition attacks and we're not creating anything to save our lives so again it's just a, a muddled mess of incoherence nonsense that's showing itself on the pitch yeah just going back to um kieran tierney here uh maybe i i don't know like when i saw the the, the match um midweek uh, in, in europa league maybe he just wasn't fit enough maybe there was something that Unai Emery didn't see. I mean, he, he's. I think he played well, but not to his full potential. Maybe I. I don't know. Well, maybe. well no, nobody. Nobody played well in that it, match. Exactly. I mean, we had we had one pass into the, one pass attempted into the opposition eighteen yard box, and that was Pepe's cross from the uh, dead ball in which Mustafi scored. So just just think now that this was this was at Vitoria, mm-hmm. who had I think just lost to the twelfth place team in Portugal the <laughs> weekend before. Okay, yeah. So not exactly giants of Europe, um, and so that that's that just tells you the the level we're playing at. And and to your comment about fitness, I mean Tierney, he he started against Wolves. 
mm-hmm. the league match before. Um, but didn't so, you get subbed off at like the? Well, you got subbed. You got subbed off in the 88th minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which again, like, don't get me started on on that <laughs> in in its own right. But so he, I mean, he's fit. He he's fit to play 90 minutes on Wednesday. He would have been fit to rest Wednesday and play 90 minutes against Leicester. <laughs> he it, it it's clear that Emery just chose Kalasinac because he I think prefers him, especially in in his vaunted back three setup. Which it, it's just yeah, you can't make sense of it because it doesn't really make sense based on merit and performance. Yeah, because, I mean, he didn't start Tierney. Obviously, in this sort of formation, though, where would you fit Pepe if he's playing uh, a front two with Aubameyang and Lacazette and Ozil? Like, would you would you put him down in the flanks? Or... Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think another big issue is in this current – set up if we're playing you know with one quote-unquote striker uh, i don't think Aubameyang and lacazette can play together um i think they could maybe probably play together in a two but it, the fact that Aubameyang is spending majority of his time out wide you're getting again not the most out of him um and if you're not playing pepe then you're not getting really any width because you, you've got to play Ozil there who's not who can play there but it's not where he's at his best mm-hmm. so um again i just think he he doesn't doesn't rate pepe or doesn't trust pepe enough to to start him and then he then he throws him on uh too late after the um let's see he came he comes on at uh let's see here 77 minutes so he should have came on probably right after the vardy goal um at 68 minutes he waits till we go down two and he's got go you know go on 10 minutes go ahead uh you know him and joe willick go 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 do something and again as a manager who doesn't make three subs yeah that's strange to me you call it strange i call it just clueless why not like i don't um you know i probably i would have subbed off um I mean, okay, no, I don't think anybody played well this match. I think Mesut Ozil was on and off. I mean, Torreira, I think he was doing a lot of, like, trying to get to the ball. Um, but a lot of the times I saw the middle of the park very left open. And, yeah. and it, it, it was a concern for me. Like, I'm looking at the stats right now. I'm like, this is terrible. This is what's concerning. 19 shots for Leicester. Eight shots for Arsenal. One shot on target to seven shots on target to Leicester. Yep. It's just... And the shot on target was a, I think, a kind of squibbler Lacazette shot that it got kind of deflected and just rolled into the hands of Schmeichel. So it wasn't even really a threatening attempt. Even even the passing accuracy of 83%, I mean, that's pretty low considering that Arsenal can pass the ball really well. I think they were letting go of the ball too much. And, and just uh, yeah, there was, and there was it, nothing. In the setup, you had Torreira and Guendouzi who were being were being pressed and being being harassed, and they didn't have options. Um, you had again completely separated distances between those two, and and just pure number standpoint, they were out outnumbered in midfield three to two. So they're always going to struggle to to get a hold of the game and get control and and pass between the lines. And you know, I, yeah, I thought I thought I thought Mezit had a pretty good game uh, trying to connect and, and, and flow and transition. Mm-hmm. I think that was, that was clear. The game plan was to, was to break and try and counter. Um, but yeah, just another kind of lackadaisical lethargic performance that, uh, I mean, you knew, you knew the Lester goals were inevitable. That's what it felt like. Yeah. It wasn't like we were shutting them down and they were getting frustrated. They were, they were just biding their time and eventually, um, they were going to break us down and which they did. And so uh, it felt all too, all too predictable. And, and now, you know, Leicester city move up to second place only temporarily. I mean, they're tied on goals with Chelsea with 26 points uh, each man city, obviously huge loss for them this weekend. Uh, 25th Sheffield United is fifth place. They are ahead of Arsenal, both at 17 points. And then you see Manchester United and wolves and Bournemouth with 16 points. I mean, there are definitely no what do you think at this particular time it'll take a miracle for arsenal to get champions league football yeah i think we're 
at a point. I mean, of course, there's, you know, plenty of points to be had and, and you know, a long way to go in the season. But there's no there's no signs that, uh, you know, Arsenal can actually string a a good run of results together. I mean, right. you know, look at our, our previous opponents, uh, Sheffield United, uh, Wolves, uh, Crystal Palace and now Leicester and no wins. Yeah, and and, and, so. and I know that we'll get to more of the, the, the talking. There's a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about, and obviously you brought up a really good talking point uh, with Aubameyang just before we started recording. Um, but let's go through the highlights here just to quickly break it down. Um, and, of course, as always, let me know when to stop it when you want to bring up a good point um, or when you see something. So I'm just going to hit play here. And this is just the beginning of it. I think this is the... Yes, this will be the uh, Lacazette chance and the potential handball from Ndidi, which, yeah. which right before this on the set piece, Guendouzi pulled back uh, Soyuncu, which should have been a penalty against yeah, Arsenal. There, there it is. And this is definitely handball against Ndidi, which he's sliding his hands outstretched. So it, you would you would call that a handball? I would. I mean, he's 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 left his feet. Um, it's a it's 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 unlucky, but I mean, he he. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Takes. It probably probably showed on the replay, but he, he takes it out of the path of Aubameyang, so it impacts the play um, right there. And then, and Lacazette, not as you know, he wasn't sharp. He he was he was his calibration was off, um, which is a worrying wow. sign because he hasn't really found his form at all this season. Um, but then oh, again, yeah, there it is. It yeah, does take. It. It's not the great angle, but. If he's the, when they show the reverse angle, I don't think on this clip, but no. clearly he, he basically dribbles the ball. Um, yeah, yeah, you could see, you could see. Yeah. I didn't even see that at first. No, and it wasn't even it wasn't even reviewed. Like that's no. again, talk, I mean, it's it's kind of pointless to talk about VAR because there's nothing changing. But uh, they don't even they don't review that one, which I don't know how that doesn't get reviewed. Um, oh, oh, oh yeah, it was it, there's a bunch of var issues this Of this course, past yeah, it's a mess. It's this, a mess. This past week. I want to, I want to talk about quickly about how stupid these passes at Arsenal were doing uh this past weekend. Like th- this pass here from uh Bellerin to to David Luiz, just a terrible giveaway. Well, yeah, it is and it it's sloppy and Bellerin's, you know, obviously playing back into his form, but again, this goes back to it's the first time we we played this formation this season, right? So when you keep changing formations and 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 starting elevens and combinations, and you're going to have this this chopped and and sloppy passage of plays because these guys, you know, Bellerin's not used to passing to that. That's a midfielder, yeah. But David Luiz, you know, he goes into midfield from his center half position, Jesus. and it's a bad pass, right? There's no, you know, there's no questioning that, but it's. And look, look at the distances where Bellerin is up at here, right there. Look at the distances between yeah. fullback and his two midfielders. Yeah. He can't, he can't pat. He's got no options. I mean, that that's the right option to go into Louise and he, and he mishits it, but he's also should have option of, of Terrera. You should have an option of a forward up the line. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Guendouzi being, uh, you know, uh, adjacent to him as well. But there, but the distances are so off and it's so spread out. And that, that's been one of the biggest issues in, in possession all season. Yeah, it, and I mean, Iosi Perez here should have really scored. Like, he had a perfectly good chance. Um, I, I just, I think there was a bunch of times where Leicester City could have punished Arsenal. Uh, and this this game could have been like four or five. Nil. Yeah, of course. And, and that's a constant theme this season as well, as teams just getting chance after chance and just, just, Again, defenders backing off, midfield nowhere to be seen. This might be the uh, pullback. Uh, oh, no, this, oh, this yeah, is the Madison. The, yeah. Yeah, almost, yeah. almost. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah, so again, the theme here is just the, the goal seemed inevitable. We weren't, yeah. we weren't frustrating them. They weren't, you know, not creating chances. It was just a matter of, of when. And I believe this is the, this is the goal this here. This is the Vardy goal. Yeah. It is, yeah. Look at where all the defense is, and then there's yeah. nobody here covering these two. Like when Doozy. Oh no, this, this isn't the goal. This is the uh, Indeedy off the post. But again, oh yes, should have been a goal. Right. Yeah. yeah, right yeah, here. Should have been a goal. Yeah. So yeah, just just ball watching. Yeah. Getting, getting ran past, and everyone 
I mean, Ricardo is a hell of a player, arguably the best fullback in the league, to be honest. Um, but it, it, but it, it look how look how deep Torreira and Guendouzi, they're almost uh, they're almost center backs. Like they are so yeah. like one of them should at least be at the top. And indeed, he should have punished Arsenal right there. Like, I don't understand how they even uh, let that happen. Like, you know, I, I don't know. You know, this is uh, Hector Bellerin going down. Couldn't be bothered. Yeah. He had a chance. I mean, was that the right? Was that the right chance there? Like, was that probably right? is? I mean, it opens up for him. Um, you know, they're cutting out the pass. He could maybe try and clip a a lofted kind of cross into a Yang, but that would have been a, a an excellent um, chance for him to score. Or? Yeah, well, d- difficult to execute. Uh, so right here, you know, he's got to probably cut across it, try to hit across, but. You know, it's 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 not the worst decision. Um, nobody overlapped there, so you know you should hit the target at least and and force the keeper to a save. But is very close. This is the indeed. Yeah, goal. here's the goal. Yeah. So again, holding gets way too tight. Dribbled pass. No, but watch watch here. Watch the. Or just let it run here. Watch Klasenach. Okay. So watch. He, he's where's he going? <laughs> the pass into Telemans, right? Go back. So first of all, it's Guendouzi. So stop it right here. Okay. So you've got you've got two players who see nothing behind them. And they're just watching the ball and all this space to run into. Yeah. So the ball goes back to Pereira and then and then Telemans just runs in a straight line and he's past Guendouzi. He's past Kalasinach and they don't even don't even know he's there. Right it, here. Kalasinach stopped there. He, he was ball watching. He stops. Yeah, no, he stops. Exactly. He's ball watching. Right. He's got no like right there. No he's got awareness. no awareness to to get back into the penalty box and defend uh where the where the danger the, the danger can't be from there. The danger's that they're by the sideline 40 yards from goal. That's not where the danger is. Yeah. The ball has to come back into the middle. You have to you have to sprint back in and support your your teammates, and he just doesn't. And, and they, then and they switch off Vardy here. Yeah. You can't leave Vardy by himself. No. Like Chambers pull off. It's unlucky that the pass comes through a nutmeg. But again, that they they were they were creating these these opportunities. Ball and they were just, there. Yeah, look at that right back back to him. Nobody's nobody's and then nobody's marking anyone. It's just yeah, marking space and getting ran past. That's. And you were right. Arsenal defense. I was sensing. Um, I was sensing that uh, at, at any point in time, it was just a matter of time before they scored a goal. It's like, yeah. Again, just just straight line running, past players, defense backing off, not not <laughs> causing any any type of obstruction whatsoever. And there's nobody and, once again covering the flank, the the yeah. opposite flank. Like it's just shambles, yeah, shambolics. Good save by Lena, who, by the way, leads the league in saves, which is usually reserved for the decent keepers who, with teams that get relegated because they face so many fucking shots on goal. Yeah, so that, that's have. our... Yeah, this is... Yeah, well, that's just now, a class finish. Now, anybody... A lot of people that I've been seeing have given Leno a bit of slack for missing that goal. But you can clearly tell. Like, I mean, it goes through Bellerin's legs. No, it, it, it's just a class finish. He's unsighted. He, he you can't he, really see that. No, no. He, he's he's his weight's going to the other direction. Madison hits across it back to where they came from. It's a class finish, and um, yeah, that's just he sees it too late. Yeah, exactly. He's not saving that. The ball's hit low pace in inside the post. No chance. Yeah, and uh, that, that, was, that was it. Leicester, yep. <laughs> Leicester City uh, 2 and Arsenal uh, 0. Like, it was just a really, really bad, bad match. What do you what do you make of uh, Brendan Rodgers and what he's doing at this club? I mean, he had terrible, terrible time at Liverpool. Uh, and what, Celtic? Was he at Celtic? He was, yeah. So he came from Celtic to Leicester february of of this year so again here here's where you want to kind of transpose uh, another manager against unai emery right so we, all we're hearing from arsenal hierarchy is is emery's on the right track and there's nothing that they've seen that hasn't uh you know bothered them or worried them that he's not the right man for the job and all these uh all these exterior circumstances that's you know if only things are just perfect 
then uh, Arsenal would be performing better. So, you know, you have the Jaka incident, you have the Ozo Kolasinach, um, you know, motorcycle incident. Um, uh, you know, Bellerin is injured, Tierney is injured. So, m- meanwhile, Brendan Rodgers comes in in February mm-hmm. and is just absolutely got Leicester playing like one of the the be- one of the best teams in the league um, with young players, mind you, with. Uh, playing his system, a clear and obvious system and, and mentality that the team have. So it's bullshit. It's completely bullshit that Arsenal hierarchy, Raul, Edu, whoever is 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 watching these matches, watching the football that we played, and can sit there and honestly say that there's no reason for concern. There's no reason to question whether or not this man is the right manager. So... I, I'm, I want to be optimistic and think that they're saying this because obviously you're not going to come out and say, you know, we made a mistake in Emery and right. our team is, is, is shit and we don't like him. You, you do that when you sack the manager. So um, obviously the, before sack, you know, if they're not going to sack him, they're not going to, they're going to come out and, and, and blast the guy. Right. Cause that, that's not going to do any good. Right. But then the sacking needs to come mm-hmm. because quite simply, this is a, a, they are being derelict in their responsibility and their duties as executives. It's their responsibility to have the, the most competent and capable personnel in place for success. Okay. And, and, and it's clear by results, by, performances on the pitch by issues off the pitch that Emery is failing in every single category. But, but why, why if they're, I mean, clearly they should be seeing this and, and I totally agree with you. You know, they're, I'm pretty sure they're not just going to come out and say that we were wrong. Uh, we should get rid of this guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but is, is it, could, could there be, uh, any truth to what we're hearing? I mean, David Ornstein, you know, came out Arsenal boss, 100 uh, Arsenal bosses, uh, 100% behind Unai Emery deny considering change or talking to candidates plan to review in the summer. Cronky plus execs offering full support and won't react to noise. Feel the results will improve at most, uh, and think AFC are on the right path. Is this, obviously there could be some truth to this or maybe it's just a facade and they're really moving towards you know getting rid of him do you think they have the balls to actually do this to get rid of emery well i think it's two things i think could either be this they they are the comments are saying is they think they're basically saying like just like last year arsenal have two chances to qualify for the champions league via the premier league and finishing fourth or via the Europa League and winning it. So my only thinking, I think this would be wrong and naive, is is they they brought Emery in to get Arsenal back in the Champions League. Whichever avenue he does that, I guess doesn't matter. Maybe that's their thinking. And they know he's a good knockout competition coach. I mean, we did get to the final last year. So mm-hmm. there is some uh you know, validity in, in that thinking. So maybe they're thinking, listen, whatever happens in the league doesn't really matter. We have the opportunity in the Europa League. Um, that's probably our best chance because we don't have, I don't know, maybe the, the, the full personnel and obviously the coach to, to get us into the top four via the league. Um, that's obviously extremely risky and I think extremely naive because anything can happen in a knockout competition over two legs mm-hmm. and obviously, or in a final where we just get spanked like we did against Chelsea. That's right. um, so that, that, that's my only like somewhat semblance of, of kind of reason that they have is, and I think in com- in conjunction with the fact that I don't know that they have somebody they have really in mind to take over. Um, and I don't know that they want to make that appointment in the middle of a season where the team is struggling with plenty of, of strife and conflict off the pitch as well. Right. Like, do they want to hire, let's call it, you know, Mikel Arteta or does Arteta, would Arteta or any other coach want to take over in this scenario right now? And maybe they also don't want to 
get into a situation where if they sack Emery, let's say they appoint Freddie. Let's say Freddie comes in and has the uh, Solskjaer effect where we Arsenal rattle off like seven straight wins and now there's pressure to appoint Freddie with a long-term contract. And in reality, probably Freddie is not ready or is qualified enough to have that position long-term. And, and the, the flip side of that, let's say they sack Emery, they appoint Freddie. Let's say things just get worse. Now all of a sudden you've, you've, you're going to hound out a, an assistant coach as well, because you're going to have to sack him or, you know, the players are going to revolt against him now if, if results don't get better. And now you've, now you've just thrown away a promising, uh, assistant coach. So you almost, you want to protect him, um, that that's that's my thinking of all the different pathways possible um, and may, or maybe they're doing work behind the scenes of recruiting that next coach maybe it's an allegory who's been out of work for a while um you know there's obviously been talks of both Mourinho and um Luis Enrique ex-Barcelona coach so maybe they're that's all being done you know with, under secret channels and of course the lines to the public are going to be we back Emery you know, because you don't want to rock the boat any further than it already is just for the sake of being transparent because you don't, you don't need to be right and, now. And, and, and surely Emery's got to be feeling pressure. Like surely he has to be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can see in his, in his, his pre-match comments, his post-match comments, he's being very, you know, he's, he's, um, there's no question about that. Um, and, and all you have to do is look at the league table and look at the fixture list to know that um, it doesn't matter how, you know, and, and he's, and he's trying to spin it and trying to say, Oh, you know, we, we, you know, um, if it wasn't for that Vardy goal, we would have, you know, we were, we were right in it <laughs> or like, you know, he, although we drew it home to wolves um, and we had two shots on target uh, we, we executed our plan tactically. <laughs> and so it's either he's delusional and, and, and partly he could be, he's just, he's just not, properly qualified for this for this role mm -hmm. and he or or he's or he's 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 digging his heels in and he's saying you know i'm not going to get hounded out i'm not going to get told i don't know what i'm doing and so therefore every result that happens oh actually this is this is part of the plan um which again if that is part of the plan and then the, and, the, and the hierarchy backs that when we're dropping points left right and center and we're you know the the league season will be over by the end of November. Then the board needs to go too, or the or or, or Raul and, and Edu need to get the fuck out too if they think this is acceptable because mm -hmm. it, it simply isn't. Now now call it what you will. I mean I don't fall into the rumor mill. I hate it unless it's on Arsenal.com. You have places like Metro uk. You have the 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 Daily the Daily Mirror or whatever the Daily Mail the Mirror. Um, this one, this particular article uh, is from metro.co.uk, uh, uh, and they're saying reports in Spain this weekend claim uh, that Arsenal have been speaking with former boss Luis Enrique, like you brought it up, uh, to replace Emery. Um, but speaking to the staff at a prearranged meeting, uh, Seleni, or San, San Leni, Seleni, whatever his friggin' name is. Uh, buddy boy suggested Arsenal will be sticking with Unai Emery and quote he says we are disappointed at everyone uh, everyone else with both we are disappointed as everyone else with both of our results and performances at this stage of the season we share the frustration of our fans Unai players and all of our staff all of all of our staff that should say though that's a terrible mistake there as they are not at the level we are expecting or we wanted um, it, it, do you think, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe these things unless it's on arsenal.com, but, um, would you I mean, hypothetically here, you know, they're speaking with Luis Enrique, apparently they're speaking with Mourinho, apparently, uh, there's talks of bringing in Mikel Arteta and all this other crap. It, who, who would you take though? Hypothetically, who out of those three or anybody else that you've heard, would you take at Arsenal? Um, I mean, I, I mean, at this point, I, I, I absolutely would not want Jose, Jose Mourinho anywhere near the club. 
Um, <laughs> not just because he's a prick of a human, but I, I actually don't think he's a very good coach anymore at this level. I think he's been he's been found out. I think his ideas that were used to be winning football are, are no longer. So uh, just just from an actual like footballing standpoint, I, I don't think he's qualified. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be willing to take a flyer on, on Arteta. Um, you know, we don't know much about him as a manager because he's, he's never been one. Um, we know him obviously learning from Pep and, and, and Pep trusting his ideals and, and vision is, I think, good enough for me to take a chance. I think you have to, I mean, um, I think you have to go with somebody who's going to stress the importance of playing, attacking, free-flowing football with, with you know, a combination of, of, of hard work and um, intensity and energy. And I, I think that's not what Emery's style or system is whatsoever. Um, so I'd, I'd be willing at this point, you know, we, I thought Emery was the safe bet because he was, you know, kind of a, he's proven at a, at a fifth place level teams like Sevilla, Valencia, you know, got the, got the big club experience at PSG, even though that, that failed miserably. Um, so I thought that was a very safe safe bet to, to hire him. Now I think you have to go with, um, you have to take a risk and you have to take a chance on somebody who's going to, um, infuse some energy and some freshness into the club. Um, and it may not be enough to keep the best players at the club anyways, but I think you have to, yeah, I think now at this point you have to lean fully into a full rebuild with youth, with young talent, with, with fresh ideas, and because again, we're, we're, we have some youth players, but really we're still a veteran team. I mean, hmm. Aubameyang, Lacazette, Leno, Davalouise, Socrates, um, Ozil. you know, yeah, Ozil, these, these aren't, these aren't young players. So we're not, we're not exactly like rebuilding, right? Like tanking and just playing young kids. And then, and then we'll come back in a few years. I think that probably would, sh- should have been done. Um, but there was still remnants of, of obviously uh, good veteran talent on the team that could have been salvaged with the right manager and could have been propelled to a, to a champions league finish. But I think ultimately you have to fully rebuild. Now you've got to move Ozil on. You've got to probably move, uh, you know, either one or maybe both of Lacazette and Aubameyang. Um, you got Saliba coming in. You've still got holding, um, go buy some young talent. Tierney's young enough. Bellerin's young enough, you know, fully build around Herrera and Guendouzi. Obviously, you're gonna to have to move Xhaka on now, so I, I think it's just it's 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 a mess. This manager is, is not qualified or or competent enough to to do that. He's he's had his year and a half, and I think it's it's I'd get fully behind a young, fresh, just rebuild from top to bottom. I will take anybody of Leicester City, Madison and Didi, yeah, right? That uh, that Chillwell guy Chilwell, is pretty, yeah. doing pretty well. Ricardo, uh, Ricardo, uh, uh, yeah. anybody, Vardy, Perez, Tielemans, Tiel- pretty damn good player. Yeah. <laughs> even fucking Johnny Evans, who was, who was, yeah. who was putting in a shift, and I am not even gonna butcher that Turkish defender's name, Soy Soyunik, Soyunikuchi. Fuck, I don't think so. But yeah, <laughs> him, him, him too. I'll take any one of those players. Um, moving right along, you did bring it up, uh, Granit Xhaka. Um, Reports came out that uh, uh, stupid uh, fuckhead, what's his name, uh, Gazidis wants him at AC Milan. Uh, do you think he leaves in January? Uh, I could see, I, I could definitely see him going. You know, maybe on loan. I think if the club were smart, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I think, I think Jaka. I don't think Jaka can be a a high performing elite midfielder in the Premier League. I just don't think his his physical traits. Uh, are a good fit for the league. I don't think he's a bad player. I think I think actually he'd be perfect in Italy. I think it's I think the perfect location for him as the player that he is. So Absolutely. I think that makes sense. Um, I don't know if the club are gonna. I mean, if if you're the if you're Arsenal, you don't want to sell him right now because his value is at an all time low because of the fact that he's <laughs> stormed off the pitch booed by the fans, stripped of the captaincy and is now not playing. Right. So if you're AC Milan, like, oh yeah, we'll take him for like 8 million, but you know, maybe you wait, maybe, maybe send him on loan for the rest of the season and then come back in the summer when, when, you know, he's, he's built his value back up to a reasonable level. Then maybe he gets, he gets sold. 
or maybe somebody, a new manager can, can kind of reclaim him and, and use him in a better formation. I don't know. Uh, but I think he, I would think he leaves the club via probably either loan or sale in January. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a fresh start for him, uh, to get out of the spotlight, get somewhere in a different league where, you know, something, you know, of course, Arsenal fans could be fucking toxic at times. Um, you know, maybe we'll forget. Maybe they'll forget about him, but Arsenal fans never forget, as we all know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think he's done at the club. I don't know. He, he, for me, probably it's better that we part ways with him. But like you said, maybe bring his value up a little bit more. Um, so so yeah, we shall we shall see how that goes with uh, with Granit Xhaka. Now coming on to what we were talking about uh, just before we started Obama Yang's um, Instagram, and it was a Instagram story. That's why they didn't see it on on his post. Oh um, yeah, it was a story. Yeah, it was on his story. But I mean, take it away, Ryan. Uh, you you told me about it. What do you think of it? Well, th- this comes off the back of the of the club of, of leaks coming from from the club saying that. Uh, basically denigrating the fans for calling the calling the fans displeasure with Emery and the performances noise and that uh, there are also comments that you know uh, the likes of uh, Bamiang and Lacazette who have been friendly and and, and cordial and and with uh, various fan TV personalities that have, that have been uh, quite quite toxic and, and expressing their views um, of the, of the, their negative views towards, towards the club and towards the manager. And so that, that they said they didn't, didn't like, um, basically they didn't like Obama hanging out with the, with it, with this riffraff is essentially the, the, the gist of it. And so Obama then comes on his Instagram story says, I just saw this bullshit and basically I'll talk to whoever the fuck I want to talk to. And if you don't like it, then middle finger emoji. <laughs> so that's, that's brilliant from the club is to take a shot at, the guy who, by the way, was just named captain because the manager stripped the captaincy from the player that all of the players wanted to be captain, right? Yep. So that's brilliant, brilliant man management yep. right, right off the bat. And the, and, and, and the player who's a golden boot winner and the only one who's doing a fucking thing on the pitch that, that's worthy of any kind of praise. And you're going to throw try to throw him under the bus by saying he shouldn't be talking to certain play, like like he's a like he's a 12 year old boy he's hanging out with the wrong crowd or some shit mm-hmm. I, like you got to be kidding me you've got to be kidding me that the club would act this stupidly and just so clueless and and tone deaf as to what the the, the messaging that should be coming out from the club uh again it's it's another it's another sign of the the chaos and lack of cohesion and vision that that generally the club has and again you know this is a you want to where does this start it starts from the top it starts all the way at the top from the Cronky family stan and josh and 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 this is not to say listen the the fans everyone i think was very excited of of what the future could have been in store when when raul and and edu uh, did did some work this summer, right? People were super excited. Pepe, uh, Tierney brought in David Luiz, signed Saliba. Um, you know, fans beginning of the season were genuinely excited and optimistic, and were very uh, favorable to 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 the club. Uh, even 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 Cronky's Josh Cronky's statement, you know, after the uh, we care to you, I think fans said, okay, well, hey, we appreciate you saying something. Mm-hmm. So, so the fact that they are not going to come out and and, and basically say to the fans like we're not going to let you dictate or even think you can influence our decisions basically shut up you know enjoy the fact that you even have the club to support and let us let us do what we are getting paid to do Mm -hmm. and i think that's just completely disrespectful it's completely it's completely tone deaf to to think that you could say that and that is go is only going to fan the flames even more right the fact that they don't realize that tells you they haven't a clue about the atmosphere and the temperature of of the the fans right now and if, if they if they think that this won't get worse before it gets better they're sadly mistaken do you think um 
you know, going off of all this stuff, uh, clearly Obama Yang is frustrated. Um, you can clearly see, even though it's probably just directed towards him hanging out with all these, you know, AFC, AFTV guys or whatever it may have. Um, if do you think that we signed it, it, it all coincides so uh, you know with 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 everything here do you think we signed pepe a little bit too early maybe that we should have gotten rid of one of these guys first or or cuz i my thing is is that i don't want pepe to be one of those players that come in like a like a pogba for example for man united never has really lived up to the expectations of that money uh i mean he he's just a name uh, for me at this particular time i mean no question about it pogba is talent like he has talent um but really hasn't panned out for manchester united kind of like you know pepe and i know it's early days for pepe but i don't know what do you think well here's the thing if you're if you're the hierarchy who signed pepe i mean that's that's who signed him you know yeah. Raul and, and Edu it wasn't wasn't Unai Emery right um you're going to commit that amount of money to to a player to one individual um what's your priority is your priority to try and get the most out of that player and to and to you know essentially make sure he's a cornerstone of of the team and doesn't matter who's managing the club the the explicit instruction to that manager is we need to we need to highlight this player. We need to get the most out of him. So whatever system that is, whatever tactics that is, this is our guy because we mm-hmm. spent this amount of money. Right. So either either you're saying that because you believe in the player, which again, if you're going to spend that amount of money, you probably do. And wh- whether whether or not he comes good on that, I we don't know. Um, you know, we've seen flashes, but, but clearly he hasn't settled, and he hasn't. No, nobody's looked good mm-hmm. under every system. Let's just be perfectly honest. Right. The fact that Bamiang won the golden boot was not because of Emery's tactical brilliance. It's because of Aubameyang's individual brilliance. So um, you have to, you have to then say to yourself, okay, this fucking manager, not only is he not getting the most out of this player who he just spent all his money on, he's not even playing him. Right. So what you have 72 million committed plus wages committed to Pepe. You've got about 12 million in salary committed to Emery. Well, I'm, I'm not a maths genius, but 72 is fucking greater than 16 or 12, whatever it is. <laughs> to me, that's pretty, it's pretty much that simple. Right. So either you have a meeting with this fraud of a manager and say, listen, asshole, um, I don't know what the fuck you think you're doing, you know, but you better get it, Pepe's ass on the pitch and you better get his ass on the pitch every single league match that, that he's available and fit enough to play. Mm-hmm. If you don't, your ass will be sacked before you know it. And if they're not saying that, or they're not having the, the conversation with themselves, then what the, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, they need to go. So you you can't you can't sit back with the results and the performances on the pitch and say, oh, everything's fine. I mean, I yeah, I mean sure sure we're behind Sheffield United. Sure <laughs> we're we're nine points behind Leicester City. Um, you know sure we're we we're scrapping to get results against absolute garbage teams in Europa League group stage. Uh, yeah, but that, it's not a problem. It's fine. I mean, what, you know, so I, 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 I can't imagine that's actually the, the mood in the, in the backroom staff right now. Yeah. I just can't imagine that. That would just be a complete derelict of duty and responsibility. But the more, the longer it goes on, Without change being made, you have to wonder, right? You just have to wonder. For for you, right? Uh, clearly, you've uh, you've lost the trust of Unai Emery. Are you starting to lose the trust of the upper management, Edu's, um, Buddy Boy Raul? Um, it, it's growing thin by the week. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, uh, because again, if if what what they're saying is what they believe and what is true, which I don't necessarily think it is, but if they don't, don't take action and don't do anything, then it, then it, it does become truth that, that they're saying everything is fine and they don't want to make a change. Mm-hmm. And so if they don't want to make a change, Emery's not changing. The results aren't changing. We'll, we'll be relegated. What are we doing? What are we doing? It, then you have this complete absolute fraudulent malpractice of the club on all levels. And, and, 
it's got to be great, right? I mean, we have another, of course, beautiful fucking international break. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect time if they were going to do anything, right? Like this is has to be the perfect time. To get, yeah, oh yeah. To get I, think, I, mean, I think I think it is. I think it is. You got um, time to the question is again, I'm holding out hope that they've actually are doing their due diligence mm -hmm. uh, in the background and they're sounding out, you know, who they can get, whether it's somebody that's gonna come an in interim or interim with a with a you know, the goal to to carry on after this season. Um, but that you know, that's problematic too, because if you if you bring somebody in um, that you're kind of forced to bring somebody in that you didn't want to, or you don't, you, nobody wants to bring another coach in, in November. Yeah. It's not ideal for anyone. So then if you commit to this coach and it, and it doesn't work out, um, then you're left with another decision you have to make maybe in the off season and then you get into the cycle. But again, I, I don't think it's a reason not to do anything. Yeah. You have, to, I mean that, I, and I, I think we're also overstating the importance of a coach. Yeah. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I mean, again, you look at, you know, I mean, Rogers, Brendan Rogers has been a good coach. He almost got Liverpool to the title. Uh, obviously won everything at Celtic, which, okay. Um, but now he's, you know, got Lester playing in, in, in a system and with an energy. I think that's what you need. You need a, a, someone who's going to, the players are going to play for, are going to be excited to play for. I think that's more than anything. I think you look at Klopp, you look at Pep, um, they have a, a personality that regardless of their tactics and, and, and what they're setting up on the pitch, players are playing their asses off for them. Yeah. That's what you need. You, when, when you do that, when you have a player willing to do that, you're going to get the most out of their talent. You're going to get the most out of your Ozil's, your Pepe's uh, because they're playing, they, they believe they want to play. They want to excel, they, you know, and then, then you get, the cohesion from the teammates because everyone's everyone's going in the same direction. So you have, I think it has, it has to be somebody with a personality, somebody who's got that charisma. Emery is an absolute charisma black hole, and that that's <laughs> that's, that's that's before his challenge uh, of of the language barrier, right. right? I mean, he could be, you know, he could have charisma and not speak a lick of English, and the message would still resonate more than than what it does now. So I think that was just the huge misstep on. They thought they were getting this this tactical kind of brilliant, flexible guy who could who could line up and then make changes to any scenario, right. and that could, that would you know outsmart the, the the teams that are more talented because we can we can uh, you know uh, tactically you know get them from the back door and and they wouldn't see it coming. That's not how football works. No, it, it's talent, talent, effort, and energy. That's what wins games, and we've got a bit of the first part. We don't have the effort. We don't have the energy, and we certainly don't have the identity to make a mark mm. on this league with Emery as the manager. I love, I love how there's a a a, a, a vote or whatever of who's going to get sacked first: Pochettino at Tottenham, Unai Emery at Arsenal, or uh, Ali at uh, Manchester uh, United. And I think they're saying that uh, Unai Emery is winning. That yeah. race. Oh, he's gonna be he's gonna be climbing up that pole. Oh sure. man. Uh, well, Ryan. Um, if there's anything else uh, you would like to say, uh, it, it uh, this has been always as always a beautiful discussion with you. Um, we hit a lot of points that I really wanted to talk to about talk about, but uh, I'm leaving it open to you if you wanted to talk about anything else, uh, and and, and put it out there. No, that's all I got, man. <laughs> Perfect. As always, thank you so much, uh, Ryan, for coming on and uh, taking the time to talk about the Arsenal. I uh, I appreciate it. My man, always good. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we're hoping that this two week break, well, not two, yeah, technically two weeks, uh, international break, uh, we can uh, cool off, but probably not. And maybe there'll be some news. Maybe there will not be. Uh, but uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye.